بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله اللهم صل وسلم وزد وبارك وترحم وتحنن على محمد وآل محمد كما صليت وباركت وترحمت وتحننت على إبراهيم وآل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا ومولانا وحبيبنا وقائدنا رسول الله محمد وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الأطيبين الأطهرين الذين أذهب الله عنهم الرجس وطهرهم تطهيرا قال الله تعالى في محكم كتابه الكريم وقوله الحق وهو أصدق الصادقين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم أم حسبتم أن تدخلوا الجنة ولما يأتكم مثل الذين خلوا من قبلكم مستهم البأساء والضراء مستهم البأساء والضراء وزلزلوا حتى يقول الرسول والذين آمنوا معه متى نصر الله ألا نصر الله قريب 1500 years after the birth of the Christian faith and after Christ a man by the name of Martin Luther began to question the authority of the Roman Catholic Church. He began to question the Pope and the premise of the authority of the high priests. He seeked reform and he called for immediate change which led in the greatest transformation within the history of the Christian faith. History tells us 
of why Martin Luther, who himself was a high priest, was a teacher of Christianity, and he had spent most of his life learning and teaching the Christian faith, was so adamant to bring this reform. And why is it that he led his followers to break away from the Roman Catholic Church? There are four main reasons why this change came about. When we study history, we realize that number one, one third of the lands of Europe, this continent, were owned by the Catholic Church, by the Roman Catholic Church. Whoever aided the church, whoever sided with the church, whoever fought with the church was also going to receive vast amounts of land. Therefore, what was then left for the people was very little. Number two, wealth was also controlled by the church. Many of you have probably read the news today. Apple is now the wealthiest company in the world. Worth more than $2 trillion. While people are suffering during this pandemic in many different ways, Many small businesses will no longer exist. Many jobs are lost. Many people are suffering in many different ways. One single company is now worth $2 trillion. Similarly, in that period, if you wanted to gain wealth, then you would have to somehow be connected to the church, dependent on the church. The wealth of the people was completely controlled by the high priests. Number three, similarly education was also a monopoly. Education was also controlled. An illiterate person who wanted to learn how to read and write would have to seek education through the church. What was fed to them, what was taught to them, was heavily controlled by the church. And number four, the final element, the final foundation on which Martin Luther seeked to bring this reform was that intellectual and spiritual prosperity also depended on the church. Free thinking, to be an independent thinker, 
to be an innovative person, to come up with new ideas. Sometimes to ask simple questions was forbidden, strictly prohibited, and labeled as blasphemy. What people thought, what people said, their intellectual discourse was in a state of intellectual terrorism. Similarly, spiritually, people had to be controlled as well, or were, were controlled as well. Your mental and spiritual well-being depended on the church. Your salvation and happiness also heavily depended on the church. This had become a story, the story of wolves and sheeps and sheep, where the wolf controlled people in so many different ways, but the most dangerous part was it was all done in the name of God. It was all done in the name of religion. Mentally and spiritually, they were enslaved all in the name of God and religion. And that defeats the purpose of faith. That defeats the purpose of religion. God created every one of us as free men. God wants us to be free thinkers and independent beings, not enslaved to anybody and any entity. That is why Martin Luther was able to begin a new chapter in the history of Christianity and the Christian faith. Not only to the new members of his denomination, but only that split created vast and immediate reform within the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church that you see today and their constant reform within the Catholic Church today is also dated back to the separation of the Catholics and the Protestants. I am not here today to speak to you of the history of the separation of the Catholics from the Protestants. But I believe many of you by now have realized where I'm trying to go with this. Tonight, we will speak of reform and the notion of reform within the global Muslim community. Reform within our communities. The much needed reform. Many people around the Muslim world today carry the slogan of reform. They speak of reform. And some of the things they say obviously is music to the ears of the audience. However, we are here to examine the reform that is needed within our community. There are groups 
who call for such radical reform where the tenets and the teachings of the religion of Islam then will be in jeopardy. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of this notion within the Holy Quran. Chapter 49, verse 16. Are you the ones that teach God what your faith and how your faith should look like? What is faith? Faith and specifically the religion of Islam, brothers and sisters, is to utterly submit to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is why Allah speaks of the greatest Muslim within the Holy Quran. No, no other personality than the dignified and the honorable Prophet Abraham. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the story of Ibrahim. When he and his son went to execute the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ibrahim says to him, Son, I have been dictated to sacrifice you, offer you as a sacrifice. Ismail says, Ya Abba, O my father, Ya Abba, tif'al ma tu'mar, satajiduni insha'allahu min as-sabirin. O father, execute the command of God. You shall find me amongst the patient ones. When they went on the journey of sacrifice, and Ibrahim was about to execute the command of God. The angel Gabriel descends and he says, Ibrahim, you have passed the test. And now you are a Muslim. Meaning what? Meaning you have submitted to the will of God. Today we have many who are not Muslim by faith. But in many of their actions, they're more submissive to other Muslims. And their selflessness, and their generosity, and their mannerism, and their attitude, they submit to God. And we have Muslims by name who do not follow the tenets of the religion of Islam. Therefore, this is the definition of Islam. To fully and utterly submit to God. Once we change those tenets, then we no longer submit to God. And that goes against the essence of faith. And inshallah, we will speak about that aspect of radical change. On the other hand, we have other types of radicals. Any change is forbidden. No change is allowed whatsoever. Everything is holy. The way that we offer the niyaz, the way that we sit, the way that we speak, the way we carry our events, the way we should conduct our majalis, this becomes holy in its Nature, it's not the goal, it's not the end means. Small petty things become so holy and we get so hung up on them that as soon as you want to change, then you're faced with individuals 
who will not accept any change and they believe that's where we are today in itself is something that is holy and dignified. Brothers, sisters, friends, those are the nights of reform. We would be cheating this universal pulpit of Imam al Hussein if we did not speak of reform, if we did not speak of positive change needed within our communities. Those nights bring about the spirit of islah and reform within our community. Al-Imam Abu Abdullah al-Hussein's mission of reform, his agenda for reform was predetermined and predestined and pre-planned all the way from Arshullahi Jalla Jalalu, from the throne of the Almighty Allah, prior to his birth, at his birth, during the seven years that he spent with Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alihi Wasallam, the last messenger of God spoke to humanity of the undertaking of Imam Al Hussein. What do I mean? Al-Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, the great alim of hadith in the school of the Sahaba. The mastermind of hadith in the school of Sahaba. The most respected alim of hadith tells us of this event that I'm about to share with you. Listen carefully. This hadith narrates a story by a companion of Amir al-Mu'mineen, Imam Ali. He says, Sahabtu Aliyan fi Safin. I went with Imam Ali to Safin. This man tells us. And he said, in our journey, we reached an area adjacent to a city by the name of Nainawa. Nainawa was another name for the city of Karbala. He said when Amir al-Mu'mineen reached this area of Nainawa, he raised his voice. He shouted, Sabran ya Aba Abdullah. Sabran ya Aba Abdullah. Sabran ya Aba Abdullah. Patience, O Aba Abdullah. Patience, O Aba Abdullah. Three times. He said, I asked him, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, what are you saying? Why are you asking Aba Abdullah al-Hussein to be patient? What's going on? Amir al-Mu'mineen then tells us this hadith from Rasulullah. He said, دَخَلْتُ عَلَىٰ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَكَانَتْ عَيْنَاهُ تَفِيضًا بِالدَّمْحِ I walked onto the presence of Rasulullah while his ears were, while his eyes were full of tears. I told him, Ya Rasulullah, 
Who hurt you? What happened? Who harassed you? Why are you crying? Said Rasulullah told me, Ya Amir al-Mu'mineen, Ya Ali, nobody hurt me. Nobody harassed me. Jibra'il just departed from me. And he told me, my son Hussein will be killed in a land by the name of Karbala. Imam Ali stood there, he sat. Rasulullah says, Ya Ali, Atuhib an tashumma min turbatiha? Would you like to smell the scent of the soil where Hussein will be killed and slain? I said, yes, Ya Rasulullah. I would like to smell the scent of that turba. Rasulullah moved his hand behind him. He brought a turba. This is Ahmad ibn Hanbal. He put it in front of Amir al-Mu'mineen. Ali ibn Abi Talib said, فَشَمَمْتُهَا فَمَا I could not control myself. My eyes were full of tears. This is during the life of Hussein, the early days of Hussein. Al Mustadrak ala Sahihain by Al Hakim and Naishaburi, another reliable source. And Al Hakim. And the end of this hadith, he says, Sahihun ala sharat al-shaykhain wa lam yukhrijah. This hadith is sahih according to Muslim and Bukhari. Umm al-Fadl comes to Imam al- comes to Rasulullah prior to the birth of Hussein. She says to him, Ya Rasulullah, I saw a dream that your heart splits and it fell in my lap. Ya Rasulullah, I am afraid. I cannot sleep, I cannot rest. Rasulullah smiles, he says, Ummul Fadl, don't worry, this is a good dream. After a while, Ummul Fadl is present while a Sayyidah, a Tahira, Fatima to Zahra is giving birth to Imam al-Hussein. And Imam al-Hussein falls into the lap of Umm al-Fadl. Rasulullah says, bring me my son, Hussein. Umm al-Fadl says to him, Ya Rasulullah, allow us to wash him and clean him. And He says, Ya Umm al-Fadl, innahu tahirun mutahhar. He is purified and he is cleansed and he is pure. Bring him to me. They bring Hussein to Rasulullah in a yellow khirqa, cloth. Rasulullah kisses him. He's the first one to hold him. Then he says, Umm al-Fadl, this is what your dream meant. This is part of my heart. This is Hussein. He fell in your lap. She was extremely delighted. She was happy. She goes. A while later, she returns to take this newly born from Rasulullah and she sees the beard of Rasulullah drenched 
and his tears. Ya Rasulullah, what happened? Why are you crying? Rasulullah said, Jibra'il just came to me. And he told me, Inna ummati, my ummah, Inna ummati sataqtulu waladi al-Husayn. Inna ummati sataqtulu waladi hadha. Ibn Kathir, the grand alim, in his book Al-Bidaya Al-Nihaya, says that Rasulullah has stated, إِنَّ وَلَدِي هَذَا سَيُقْتَلُ بِأَرْضٍ فِي الْعِرَاقِ Or another hadith, سَيُقْتَلُ عِنْدَ الْفُرَاتِ مَنْ شَهِدَ مِنْكُمْ ذَلِكَ فَلْيَنْصُرْحِ Whoever witnesses this event of Hussein being killed by the Euphrates must give him aid. So the rejuvenation of Hussein, the plan was made prior to his birth, announced by Rasulullah. And his victory was also planned by Allah. It is true that the movement of Hussein began when he left the city of Medina. But it did not stop. And the rejuvenation of Hussein to this ummah, the fact that his majalis give life to this ummah, they rejuvenate the minds and the souls of millions of people around the world every year continues until today. And it will continue forever. So this is the time where we speak of change. However, when we speak of change, we must understand that there is a premise for reform. And we must work within the premise of reform and islah, just like Imam al-Hussein. What is the premise? The premise has been clearly and vividly pointed out to us by Rasulullah in Hajjatul Wida when he gathered all the Muslims and in the famous tradition he tells them Inni tarikun fikum al-thaqalain Kitab Allah wa itrati al-bayti ma intamassaktum bihima lan tadillu ba'di abad I'm leaving amongst you two weighty things. Kitab Allah, the book of Allah, wahwa hablullah al-mateen. And number two, is the itrah, the family of Rasulullah. Any sort of reform must be within this premise, but we also must ask, do we have the same problems that called for reform in the time of Martin Luther? With the mindset of people controlled in certain ways where they no longer are independent thinkers? 
where asking simple questions sometimes is forbidden and not allowed, where the Islam that you receive, it is the version that has been controlled. It's a package that is delivered to you without you having a say to truly be able to research and understand and the wealth, the wealth that plays an extremely important role in navigating the present Islam and the future of Islam. That is why it's extremely important for all the brothers and sisters to understand the importance of the Majalis of Hussein, and specifically the independent Majalis of Hussein. That depend on you and inshallah we will speak about that. Unlike some Muslim countries and pulpits where the khutbah of Jumu'ah, the Friday sermon is mailed, shipped, delivered to the person who recites the khutbah, who reads the khutbah. Every word and every letter from every masjid is the same message. A controlled message. And if you dare to speak... What is the freedom that people are ought to experience in the Islamic realm? <clears throat> For people to speak freely. Independent journalism and freedom to speak, to gather. There are three elements. Three extremely important elements that will play a role in manufacturing, building the foundations for a positive reform, a much needed reform. Number one, fikrul islah, the intellectual and educational foundation. Of reform. Number two, Qiyadatul Islah, the leadership of reform. And number three, Ruhul Islah, the life of reform, the spirit of reform. Let's examine them one by one after your three loud salawats, ala Muhammadin wa Ali Muhammad. Number one, every movement that seeks reform needs knowledge and intellectual foundations and backing. We have seen many reforms, reformist movements create some sort of chaos for a little bit of time. And they die away, they die out, they don't survive. Because they were born in the moment, there was no knowledge and intellectual planning. And they don't last. In fact, 
there is no real plan, an intellectual paved avenue where they can follow in order to, re to reach their destination. So you might ask, what was the intellectual foundation of the religion of Islam? And Imam Hussein. And what should be the intellectual foundation for the needed reform today? I'll tell you. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Holy Quran says, لا تعجل به لسانك لا تعجل The ayah says, إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا جَمْعَهُ وَقُرْآنَهُ فَإِذَا قَرَأْنَاهُ فَاسْتَمِعُ قُرْآنَهُ ثُمَّ إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا بَيَانَهُ Allah says to Rasulullah that you shall not speak of your own. You shall not make a plan on your own. Your plan and your agenda and the intellectual foundation of the religion of Islam is directly given to you by Allah. That is your plan. That is the map you have to follow. If he were to add things on his own, we would seize him by the right and we would shut off, cut off his jugular vein. An astonishing ayah within the Holy Quran which tells us Rasulullah was not able to add a word within the Holy Quran. Directly every word and every, every letter was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through the angel Jibra'il. Not the works of man. Even Rasulullah. And this is, this was a way for Islam. You see, Islam went through many difficulties. In the beginning of the Bi'atha. If it was up to men, if it was up to many people, they would have compromised in so many ways. They would have changed so many ways. But no, it was all in the hands of Allah. Every step, every day, every movement, every decision was controlled by the Almighty God. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala throughout the entire way tells Rasulullah and the Muslim community to observe patience, to have trust in Him, and to follow His plan. <clears throat> what was the intellectual plan and the foundation for the movement of Imam al Hussein? He tells us. إني لم أخرج أشرا ولا بطرا ولا مفسدا بل خرجت لإصلاح أمة جدي رسول الله لكي آمر بالمعروف وأنهى عن المنكر وأسير على سيرة جدي وأبي and for me to follow the guidelines of my grandfather and my father Imam Al-Hussein says, I did not embark on this journey for the sake of fame, for the sake of popularity, for the sake of money. <clears throat> I embarked on this journey for the sake of reform. Reform, islah, within the ummah. 
What is the intellectual foundation? Seeratu Jaddi wa Abi. The guidelines from my father, Amir al Mu'mineen, and my grandfather, Rasulullah. This is why Rasulullah says, Husaynun minni wa ana min Husayn. Husayn is a continuation of Rasulullah. Amir al Mu'mineen says to him, Allah, Allah, bil Quran. لا يسبقنكم العمل به غيركم. Make sure that the Quran is your guide. You follow the instructions of the Quran. So today, brothers and sisters, any reform that ought to be taking its place within our community must follow the guidelines of the Quran and the teachings of the Ahlul Bayt. But if you follow this premise, do not be afraid of change. Welcome change and embrace change. Change is what's going to keep our community alive. You see, one of the <coughs> ways that the Christians at that period had become muted and idle and one of the ways that Martin Luther seek this reform was due to the fact that Christianity had become only rituals. What do I mean? Go read history. People would go to the pilgrimage to the Holy Mother Church in Rome to see the relics, to be blessed by hair and hats, while the essence of faith no longer existed. Today, let us ask ourselves, what is the essence of the Majalis of Hussein? The member of Imam al-Hussein? The movement of Imam al-Hussein? Let us make sure it's not a bunch of relics, rituals, but it's taking us closer to the Almighty Allah, to the essence of the religion of Islam, so that we are free thinkers. So each one of us has the ability to understand faith, to learn faith, to invite faith within our lives. Number two, Qiyadatul Islah. The leadership of reform. Leadership of reform, brothers and sisters, was also created by Rasulullah and after him Amir al-Mu'mineen and after him Imam Hassan and vividly and clearly witnessed by Imam al-Hussein. Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen did two types of islah in the premise of leadership. Number one, he created leaders. <clears throat> leaders such as Maytham al-Tammar. Rasulullah created leaders such as Imam Ali himself, Abu Dhar, Bilal, Miqdad, Salman, Jabir ibn Abdullah. Then Amir al-Mu'mineen continued to create leaders. Kumail and Malik and the rest of his companions and Ammar 
who was a companion of Rasulullah and a companion of Amir al-Mu'mineen. And Imam Hassan similarly did the same. But when we come to the event of Ashura and the 10th of Muharram, we see an epic assembly of heroes. Al-Imam Al-Hussein says, Inni lam ashaban abar min ashabi. I have the greatest, the best, and most loyal of companions. How did this happen? Overnight? No. The teachings began with Rasulullah. And on the 10th of Muharram, they gave them their fruits. The fruits of the 10th of Muharram. The seeds were planted by Rasulullah. And the fruits were seen and witnessed on the 10th of Muharram. Those who stood next to Imam al Hussein, so he created leaders. The leadership must create leaders for reform and change. And number two, he also created a reform within how people understood faith. This is the dilemma of Islam today. If you see Islam being hijacked by ISIS, if in the name of the religion of Islam people are being killed, their body parts are being amputated, or even people are being disrespected, humiliated, discriminated against, Know that the religion of Islam has been hijacked and turned into a bunch of rituals. And the spirit of Islam no longer exists. Even within our community. If I attend the majalis for 10 days and I leave with no change whatsoever in me. To become more human. Not necessarily to go back and pray another 20 units but to help another 20 people. To be able to change the paradigms of how people think and how people behave towards their neighbors. We all have faced some restrictions with this event. Brothers, I believe this is a collective effort. It has to be done throughout the year. Throughout your presence in the western part of the world. While Islam is constantly being defamed. While Islam is portrayed as a religion that is intolerant. And does not speak of peace and love and harmony. Every one of you who is present here. Your neighbor, whether they are Christians. Whether they are Jews. And whatever religion they may have. Show kindness to them. Show them the real message of Islam. Tell them what Islam stands for and act upon it with your actions, with your care, with your compassion. And you shall see the results. When we start building foundations of change and reform.
Number three is the spirit of reform. Spirit of reform. Reform remains an idea. A leader is by himself. Unless there is a life within that movement of reform. What is the life? The life is indeed the masses and the people. Look at the black lives movement around the world today. What is that movement? It is the people. The people have spoken. All around the world. They're saying no to injustice. Racial profiling. Discrimination. Telling the entire world that all human beings are equal. It doesn't matter what is your skin color. And where you come from. And what language you speak. And the end of the day we all return to Adam and Eve. And this is why. This. Movement has become so powerful. And that is why today I'd like to speak to you. The Husseinis. The ones here and the ones listening and the ones who will listen later. I would like to first speak directly to the volunteers. I would like to directly speak to the organizers. I'd like to directly speak to the donors, to the sponsors, to those who made this event possible while it's been extremely difficult, almost impossible. Believe me, it literally has been almost impossible. Unfortunately, we don't have time to go into the details of the difficulties. But I have a special message for the volunteers. Not only the ones here, but every person who carries this badge of honor. You have been selected by the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just like Imam al-Hussein's plan was manufactured by the Almighty Allah. His victory was designed by God. Where you see millions of people going to his shrine every year. Also his servants and the servants of his servants were chosen. This is an honor and a privilege that we carry dear to our hearts. Be patient with the people. Be kind to them. Many of you might be very honorable individuals within your homes and societies and at place of work. But here take pride in being the khadim of Imam al-Hussein. To be servants and nothing more. Because you, my brothers and sisters, are the graduates of the school of those who Imam al-Hussein assembled on the 10th of Muharram. He assembled every one of them. He gave a standard to Ali al-Akbar, a standard to his brother Abel al-Fadl al-Abbas, and a standard to 
Habibi bin Madahir al-Asadi. Who were those people? Habib, the eldest man on the camp of Imam al-Hussein, the companion of Rasulullah, a man who would read the Quran every day, a man of taqwa and iman. You are a student of Habib. You are a student of Abbas. You are a student of Qamar al-Ashirah, Aba al-Fadl al-Abbas, who went to the Euphrates. He entered the Euphrates. He put his hands to drink. But look at the adab. Look at the akhlaq. Look at the values of Aba al-Fadl. Ya nafsu min ba'd al-Husayn, huni. وبعده ما كنت أن تكوني هذا الحسين وارد المنوني وتشربين بارد المعيني حسين is thirsty how can you drink you have been disciplined and graduated from the school of Imam al-Husayn Sayyid al-Shuhada and his companions and you have given a pledge. You have given an oath that will never be revoked, that will never be changed. To his mother, Fatima to Zahra, Abad Wallah, Ya Zahra, Maninsa Husayna. We will never forgive, forget Hussein. We will never abandon Hussein. Hussein will never be alone again. This is what we stand for. You should be proud. You should be honored. And to the masses, to the people, to the attendees, to the listeners, to the lovers of Hussein, make sure that you do not miss the opportunity to be part of this global movement. Make sure you subscribe immediately to the service of Hussein. Make sure that you give from everything that you have and you depart from everything that you love for the sake of Hussein. For there will be a day, a day of judgment. A day of hasrah where we will ask ourselves, why didn't, the, why didn't we do more for Hussein? Why the shortcoming with Hussein? We should have done more. But know that you as well will be honored in the day of judgment. By his mother Fatima. By his grandfather Rasulullah. By his father Amir al-Mu'mineen. And this majlis and every majlis around the world does not belong to us. We are not the owners and the custodians and the guardians of those majlis. The real owner is Rasulullah. And the real owner is his mother Fatima to Zahra. We are honored to receive them. 
we honor to rejuvenate their cause. And this is the least that we can do. This is the least that is in our capabilities. Brothers, sisters, this year there are special circumstances. People are thirsty to gather and to hear and to mourn and to cry for Imam al Hussein. This year we will cry for Hussein, we will mourn Hussein. And we will honor Hussein more than every year. We say to him from here, from this remote location in the United Kingdom that has set a new paradigm and a new standard for the majalis of Imam Hussein. We say to him from here, all the way to Bainul Haramain, to Karbala, wherever you are. Ya Sayyidana wa Maulana Inna tawajjahna Wastashfa'na wa tawassalna Bika ila Allah Wa qaddamna ka bayna yaday Hajatna Ya Wajihan Inda Allah Ishfa'lana Inda Shfa'lana عند الله